to see this, okay? Look at verse 24. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness and looked into the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. And when Jehoshaphat, that's the king of Judah, and his people came to take away the spoil from them, they found among them in abundance riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves. Now look at this. More than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering the spoil. It was so much. Verse 29. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they had heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. Man, that gives me goosebumps. Do you know that God still does that today? Now that's a super conqueror, and that's the way it can be in the Christian's life. God, God does all the fighting. He gives us the victory, and we collect the spoils, and we enter into his presence with joy. God gives us the blessing. God gives us the joy, and through those times, and we, God does all of it. We just stand in our armor, and, we, and we, we don't let the enemy get any ground in our life, and God gives us the victory, and then we go out and get the spoils. That's a super conqueror. And God expects every one of his children to live our lives every day, day by day, with that mindset. But we don't. I don't think we do. Now, in order to experience that reality, again, you must put on the whole armor of God for the Christian on that day-to-day basis. And that's why we're looking at Ephesians chapter 6. And so how does a Christian make all of this available every day? How do we enter into the presence of joy and rejoicing every day? Well, here's the key right here. Look at verse, first, look at verse 14. Go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Turn there real quick. Verse 14, we talked about it, having your loins girded about with what? Truthfulness. In other words, we are told that we're to be committed. It means readiness. It means preparation. Look, it means that, that we know who God is. We know God's character. We know the truth. We're saved. And so we're not just sitting into, in our sympathy chair. We're not just feeling sorry for ourselves. We're, we're going to get up and we're going to do something about it. We're not going to settle for second best, third best, tenth best. Listen, we're not going to settle for last place. As Christians, we're going to settle for the best. We're going to be conquerors. And we're going to put that belt on. We're going to gird ourselves up, and we're going to believe in God, and we're going to do something about it. We're not going to be walked on. We are committed to it. Everybody say amen. Get committed. We get off of our pity chairs, and we're ready. We're committed. And secondly, he tells us the breastplate of righteousness. What is that? That's called holy living. We got that breastplate, and we're, take, we're, we're protecting those two vital areas, the heart and the bowels, right? The mind and the emotions, because that's where Satan attacks. If he can get you thinking wrong, if he can get you to react wrong, he's got you, right? And there is no reaping spoils there. So put on that breastplate of righteousness. The third thing, have on the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. What does that mean? Have confidence. It just means have confidence. Have confidence in who God is and what he says who you are. Have confidence that God's going to take care of it. And so look at verse 16. We'll come to our fourth one. Verse 16. It says, and in addition... To all, 
or the King James says, above all, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, that's the fourth one, the shield of faith, with which you are able to extinguish or quench all the flaming arrows or fiery darts of the evil or the wicked one. Now, the word here for shield is the word therion. Now, um, before you put the picture up, don't put it up yet. So when we, when we think about a shield, I, I want you to get this. When we think about a shield, we, we probably think of just a round shield about like this right here. Everybody, is that what you think of? Everybody raise your hand if that's what you think of, a shield. Something like Captain America would, would, would use, right? Um, but, uh, but this word therion is, is different. And so the word shield is used multiple times in the Old Testament and New Testament. And there's different words in the Greek or in the Hebrew for the different kind of shields. And so this Greek word therion, has, has a, has, it's a different word. And it's used here um, um, in this text, in that shield. Um, let me show you a picture of it. So here's the shield, and I, you need to get this imagery in your head, okay? So these shields were four and a half foot tall and two and a half foot wide. Um, the shields mostly was wrapped with metal, sometimes very, very thick leather. But these shields were made to be defensive weapons, Remember, when we're talking about the, the, the armor of God, these are defensive weapons. We're never to, told to go out and find Satan and, and beat him. That's God does. We're just told what? To stand. And we're to take this armor and we're to stand against the enemy. Okay? And so, so, so notice these. Four and a half foot tall, two and a half foot wide. And so, so that's the shield that Paul was seeing when he was looking at this Roman soldier that he was chained to when he was imprisoned in writing this epistle. And so, so it, was, it was there for defense. And so what would happen is, is, that, is, that, is that there would be lines behind and they would take turns shooting their arrows or throwing their, their thingy to bobbies, whatever they're called. But, but anyways, but, but what would happen is, they, was, is they, would, they would put those things on top of each other. I mean, you could really I mean, hide behind four and a half foot, two and a half foot. And there was a guy behind you. And so the enemy would throw their spears or or they would just the 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 arrows they would fling at them and then they would just put up these shields and they they couldn't penetrate it would just they just slide right off because they were covered in metal you see and so that's the idea that paul has for us here on this shield of faith very interesting, isn't it? It, it? Again, it wasn't a shield like Captain America. It, this, this was a type of shield that he was talking about. Now, uh, let's look at a few things just, just really, 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 really quick. So, um, you know, um, the words in verse 16, the very first words, it says, in addition to, or the King James says, above all. So we're, it's not saying that this is the most important um, um, armor. No, part of the armor. No, it just says in addition to. He says they, it's saying this. Don't, for, don't forget to put this one on. You got the first three on, but make sure you keep those on, but add this one to it. That's what it's saying here, okay? Now, where does these arrows or these darts come from? Look at the end of verse 16. Where does it come from? Say it. The wicked one. The evil one, right? Who is Satan? 
Satan is firing and using his demons to fire all these fiery darts and arrows. And look at what it says. And we are quenching them by the shield of faith. Hey, we are quenching them by the shield of faith. Now, what are Satan's fiery arrows? I th- don't you think we need to know that? If, if these arrows are coming at us, let's know what these arrows are. So what are these fiery arrows? What are these darts? Well, he's simply referring to temptation. And Satan fires darts of impurity, of selfishness. Maybe it's doubt or fear. Maybe it's anger, disappointment, lust, greed, vanity, covetousness, addiction, anger. Uh, you know, the list can go on and on and on and on. But it all comes down to the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's where it all comes down to. Everybody, you with me still? Say amen. Amen. All right, that's about 20% of you. All right, and so he literally bombards the believer with these arrows, these fiery darts of seductive temptation. Why? To elicit us out of a godly life and into an ungodly life. He wants to elicit us out from believing God to not believing God. Right? And the only defense we have at this point, Paul says, is the shield of faith. You see, you've, you've, got, you've got the belt of truthfulness. You're ready. You've got the breastplate of righteousness. You've got your, your shoes shod with, the, with, with peace. Okay? But you need something to defend yourself against these temptations that are coming your way. Now, Remember, and, and please don't forget this, and we're not saying that, that, that you know, that the devil walks around and, and, and he, and, I mean, and he, you know, he just does it. I mean, he can, but, 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 but these demons and Satan has lived in this world for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And so this world just reeks of what they've done, and it's just everywhere, this world system, if you will. And so that's the enemy. All of that together, and there's all these temptations, all these things that have started and, and, and come into this world, they're temptations, you see. And we actually live in a world where this really, where, where this really is, it really does, all around us, and we must have this shield of faith. Now, look at this next. So what does he mean by the shield of faith? And, of course, we understand the Roman picture. We got that, and we got the picture of the army and the arrows flying around. But why is faith a shield against temptation? How does faith defend us from the arrows? How does faith secure us the victory? Well, listen to this and write this down. Write this down. Your margin, your Bible. Faith means believing God. And that's the bottom line of everything we believe, everything that we hold on to as Christians, everything we have our confidence in. Look, we believe God. And the whole of Christianity, look, it's an act of believing that God is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Do you believe that? Say amen. We believe that he's all. Yes, believing that he died. 
believing that he rose, believing that he is coming, believing that by believing we can enter into his kingdom, the whole thing. Do you believe that? Amen. And that's why Habakkuk chapter 2, 4 says this. Look at it on the screen. It says the just... The just, those that are right, those that are victorious, those that are conquering, those that are super conquering, those that are reaping the spoil of joy and blessings. It says the just shall live by faith, believing God, resting our whole weight on him. No matter the circumstance, no matter what's coming at you, no matter what's said about you, no matter what someone did to your wife or to your husband or to your children, you're going to believe God. No matter what. Don't you know we, we lose so many t- times of temptation because we just don't believe God. Turn with me to Luke chapter 4. I want to show, show you the greatest example of, of, of this, please. When I got here this morning before I almost burned the church building down. I felt so bad. I called Michael up, and boy, I just felt so bad. Michael, thank you. You know, somebody put a love offering in or something for him, would you, this week? I'm not joking about that. Somebody put a love offering in for that guy. (laughs) Golly, they do so much, him and his beautiful wife and beautiful family. It says, um, I, I come in and I found this, and it said, it said Pastor, I, I, I appreciate your leadership and guidance, um, your love and your care for our people. And it says, preach the word with authority. I'm praying for you this morning, John. I needed that. This is what John did that. I, I, I needed that, you know. Because... There's still all kinds of temptations up there, and sometimes just an encouraging word will help someone just say, Oop, I got to get my armor on. Oop, I got my armor on. Make sure I use it. You got it? Um, so look with me at uh, Luke chapter 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, verse 1, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the spirit in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil and he ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, um, he became hungry. All right, look at me. So Jesus went out to the wilderness to pray and to fast, right? He hadn't had anything to eat for how many days? 40 days. So Jesus Christ was 100% man, but he's also 100% God. All right. He Bible says that he, that he, he, he too, you know, you know, was 100% man, so there, so he could be. You know, it's a whole, it's a whole tricky process when you say this, but he, you know, he he wouldn't give in to, to temptation, but but he felt just like man felt. All right, he was hungry, and when you get hungry for 40 days, you become hangry, right? You know, when you haven't eaten for 40 days, I've done it for seven days, I think maybe eight days before, but I've never gone 40 days. But boy, that's something else. But uh, and it says um, in verse three, and the devil said to him, "If you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread." And Jesus answered him, He said, "It is written, man shall not live on bread alone." And he led him up. 
and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I give it to who, whoever I wish. Therefore, if you worship me, it shall be yours. <laughs> Boy, what the audacity of the, <laughs> the devil, wasn't it? And uh, Jesus said to him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Look at verse 9. And the Lord uh, led him to Jerusalem. Uh, I'm sorry, I read that wrong. And he led him, Satan, led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written. Now, now look, Satan's quoting scripture now. I mean, he will mask it, folks. This world, this enemy, whatever, will mask it. It will make you feel good. It will sound good. But listen, it is wrong as a day is long because it comes from his lips, from his work. Right, Rachel? He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands, they will bear, bear you up so that you will not... Strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. In every one of those instances, the whole bottom line to this was, this temptation was that Jesus either had to believe God or to listen to Satan and believe him. And so, again, we've already said that, but so it is with all temptations. Listen, it boils down to this. Do you believe God or not? When look, you, you, you put the application to it. You know, um, 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 you know um, God says, do not... It is a sin to have sex before you're married. And this world will come up to you and say, it's okay. It's fun. You'll enjoy it. Everybody else does it. And nothing's going to happen to you. So do you believe God who says it's a sin? Or do you believe the world? That's a temptation. You see, it's a temptation to have sex before marriage. And yes, everybody else does it. And yes, it's a whole lot of fun. And, 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 and something may happen to you, may not happen to you. You could get STDs, you may not get it. You might get whatever it is, but there's no guarantee on that. So, but you've got to make a decision. Are you going to trust God or not? Are you going to be, believe God in that temptation or not? Maybe someone says something or something you don't like and whatever it is like this. And, 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 and the Bible says, do not be angry and sin. Well, you got to make a decision. Are you going to believe God that anger is a sin? Or are you going to believe Satan and say it's okay? What are you going to do? you got to have on the shield of faith. That's why God gave us this. Listen, we are positioned to have this victory. We are positioned to be super conquerors. We are positioned to be able to get the spoils of life and, and, and have joy and have a peace that passeth all understanding and all the blessings that God has. But when we don't take up the shield of faith and when we don't believe God, it's not going to be yours. And a lot of us fail because we give in to the temptation. I'm just telling you, I'm talking to you from experience. And so I hope this morning 
that you just remember to put on that belt of truthfulness and to put on that breastplate of righteousness and live a holy life and to make sure that your, that your feet are shod with the gospel of peace, the good news, have confidence. But you got to pick up that shield and you got to sit behind it because those fiery darts are coming, those fiery arrows are coming, and the only way you're going to have victory, and the only way they're not going to hit you, is if you have that shield up, and they'll deflect off, because God will do the fighting for you, but you've got to believe Him and nothing else. So the only way to quench these arrows of Satan is to believe God. You know, the Bible says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Who do you believe? Abraham believed God. Who do you believe? Do you believe God? Second Corinthians one twenty four says, by faith you stand. I want to have this on the screen for you, but it's very important. I want you to see this. Proverbs chapter 30, verse five. Just listen to this. It says, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto those who put their trust in him. It says, don't add to his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. In other words, what God says is true. <laughs> you need to believe it and obey it. Because it's a shield. And if you mess with it, you'll suffer. See, a lot of people mess with it. And that verse tells us if you mess with it, if you alter it, if you change it, even in the way that you live, live or the, way, the, the way that you live it in front of other people, you suffer. And Satan comes along and says, oh, well, I know God said this, but let me add this to it. You see? No, 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 no. You, you can't do that. You see what we're saying? Psalms chapter 12, verse 6. Look at that one. It says, the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tested in the furnace of earth, seven times purified. Hey, I just want, I'm just trying to show you this. You can trust God's word. I mean, if you live out God's word, you'll never be failed. I can tell you, in, in all my years of being a Christian, every time I follow God's word, it works every single time. But is that we're tempted not to. Then we suffer the consequences. Psalms 18, verse 30. Look at this. It says, as for God, his way is, what does it say? It's perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all those who trust in him. You see that, see that shield? You can, you can trust him. As long as you believe God, your shield is up. And I hope you understand this. It's just that simple. First Peter 5, 8, and 9. We've been looking at it all, all month long. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, like a roaring lion, walketh about, seek him whom he may devour. Verse 9 says, whom resist steadfast in faith. You've got to be steadfast in faith. That is, you've got to believe God. You've got to believe God, believe God. So to sum it all up, and we're done this morning, the shield of faith is the consistent application of what we believe about God to the issues of life. The question is, is who do you believe? When those temptations come, are you going to believe God, or are you going to believe something else? 
See, we just said we believe in absolute truth. And only, the only absolute truth there is, is the Bible. It's the Word of God. It's what God says. All other truths are just what's called subjective. Only God's Word is absolute truth. Amen? Let's bow our heads just for a minute and let's pray together. I believe that the greater you trust God, the more spoils, the more blessings, the more joy you'll have. Every head bowed and and every eye closed. Are you going to believe? Do you have that shield of faith? If you love God with all your heart and soul, mind and strength, if you believe that God is who he claims to be, if you believe all that God promises that he gave to you are really true, then you're not going to fall for the enemy's lies and temptation. But instead, we take the shield of faith and we stand. Instead of being defeated, instead of being hurt, instead of being bitter, you reap the spoils and you're blessed and you're joyful because you're a super conqueror. So let's get ready for battle. And let's put that truth, that belt of truth in us on. Let's be committed. Let's get in the fight. Let's get off our pretty chairs or whatever it is and know you're in a battle. Let's get on that breastplate of righteousness and protect those two vital areas, the mind and the emotions. Watch how you react. Watch what you hear. Watch what you listen to. Get those feet shod with the gospel of peace, the good news. Have some confidence, will you? And take that shield in every instance. Believe God. Now, we're in attitude of prayer still, but you got to know this. God's word is not going to jump into your brain. You have to read God's word. You, you, you got to do it more than on Sunday mornings when you come to church. You've got to open it up every day because you got to have the truth in you. Amen? And you got to have that prayer life with Him. you got to have that walk with Him. That's how you truly know who God is and what He wants for you and what the truth is. So, God, we come to you in the holy and precious name of Jesus. And, Lord, we pray if there's one here that all of this is just is just boring to them. Lord, maybe this morning they need to call upon you by faith and you're reaching out to them, Lord, and they need salvation this morning. Oh, God, we just pray that you bind Satan and anything from our presence that, have been, that, that would inhibit this person or these people from coming to have a personal relationship with you. And, God, we pray for all of us, Lord, that all of us should be up here at this altar. Lord, and just and just um, rekindling, um, making a revival, letting a revival happen in our hearts because we've all dropped our shields. 
God, may we come this morning and pick up our shields and and understand that we're going to believe you and nobody and nothing else. We're going to do our best. Lord, we love you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, stand with me, please.